This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino as we get you caught up with all the million sports that are happening currently right now. Um, a lot to talk about. No more uh, football um, for this uh, rest of the school year, but uh, that doesn't mean we don't have a lot of uh, sports to talk about, a lot of fun stories to talk about. But before we jump right into it, uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Make sure you guys are subscribing and writing a nice little note as well. We appreciate every lesson. And as always, um, you can spread the word um, at any game you're at or meet or anything like that. Make sure you spread the word. Uh, we appreciate all the fine listeners that we have. All right, we're going to do our regular four-quarter format uh, for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, in the first quarter, we're just going to get you guys caught up on, uh, I mean, everything going on with the spring-summer sports going on right now. We've Practically all of them are playing um, with the addition of wrestling so far, so we'll talk about that. In the second quarter, we're going to be joined by Loyola Academy alumnus Charlie Gilroy. Uh, Joe caught up with him for a story about a crazy play that caught the nation by storm so we'll hear from him in the second quarter in the third quarter we're going to play our weekly game of way or no way and then in the fourth quarter we are going to uh, talk more about uh, Charlie Gilroy's catch catch up with Joe see what the um, story there is and maybe even talk a little bit some of our favorite alumni what they've been able to do and um, our favorite uh, plays from their collegiate careers but um well, we get started now with uh, talking about what's currently happening in the sports scene. And um, to answer that question really quickly, a lot is happening right now. Um, hard to keep up sometimes with all the different uh, sports that are going on with the combination of some fall and some spring as well. But, um, Joe, I know you got a chance to uh, go uh, cover a boys volleyball game the other day. I'm sure that you're on uh, at heaven right there watching a good uh, battle between Nutra and Evanston and where uh, – Nutrier, after battling uh, two-week COVID-related quarantine, um, got off to an own for a start for a team that we kind of expected a lot out of. But um, you were there to kind of watch them turn it around, and especially in the first set where uh, they really turned it around after a slow start. Yeah, this Nutrier team, I think, you know, once they found their groove, it was pretty impressive. I think they got a lot of firepower. And they're going to be dangerous, um, I think, going down the stretch and getting into the postseason um, once they really put it together, but, um, you know, last year they were senior heavy. So they were coming into the spring last year with some pretty high hopes coming off, uh, another state. I think they had back-to-back state trophies, fourth and third in, uh, 18, 19. And then last year, more senior heavy, they're ready to kind of contend. And of course they don't have a season just like, you know, every other spring, spring uh, student athlete in the state. So, you know, they graduate all those kids and now they're kind of starting from um, not from scratch, but on the varsity level, certainly only a couple holdovers from that third place team in, in 19. And um, 
going to need some practice time, going to need some time to gel and, and really get together as a team with those guys. And they're slapped with a two-week quarantine right off the bat, right after tryouts. So they're not able to practice. They're not able to uh, get together and, and find anything. So um, then they start off the season against Glenbrook North and Loyal Academy, two of the teams who we think are going to contend for state as well, um, and um, Deerfield. So they go – um, twice the Glenbrook North. They took Glenbrook North to three sets once. So they start 0-4, and it's a tough start. And then they get Evanston, and Evanston's taking care of business early. Um, they got a nice team, a lot of athleticism, a uh, lot of high leapers. It's pretty fun to watch. Um, but finally, Nutria found a groove, and they used uh, – you know, I talked about in the story. You guys should check it out, how they use their, their service uh, to really throw Evanston off their game and then take advantage on the offensive end and find that groove their passing came around too. So um, they took care of business to finish things off. And then the second set, they really kind of ran away with it after an early small deficit. So that team's good. Um, you know, coach said, coach uh, Sue Allen Hawk um, talked about how they really just need to find a groove, but there's a lot of potential in this lineup um, and on the roster. And um you know, Andrew Chamberlain on the outside, um, both outside has big, big games. Andrew Chamberlain had nine kills and um, Max Mazur had eight. Um, and then they're led by uh, Stephen Jaya, who's the setter, junior setter, uh, really smooth there, um, set up the offense really well. Um, and I think he's going to be good going forward. And their, their two middles are seniors. They're two seniors, uh, Dalla Fevers, who's a holdover for the 19 team, and Liam Donahue. So, um, they got a good mix here. Uh, the two experienced seniors are in a good spot in the middle of the floor um, and uh, their outsides are just really potent. So um, I think it's going to be pretty good. And it was fun to watch for sure. Definitely a fun battle to watch there against a, um, a tough team like that as well. But um, Joe, I mean, obviously getting off to that slow start, how much does that really impact um, a team? You know, how much are they talking about that impacting a team and, how much do you feel like they can kind of use that win like Evanston to kind of battle back and kind of keep on going, especially as they get deeper into the CSL South? Yeah, I think um, a comeback win like that is important um, for the spirits to show that uh, one, you can do it. And just to have that momentum um, rolling up, you know, get rolling up in the, in the games in the future, but you know, getting the first win of the season is a big deal. You, you got to get that one before um, you can really go on any sort of run. So um, you know, coach talked about how they're going to use, you know, matches as practices. A lot of time, they're going to have a lot of them. So they're really going to have to learn in game. And like I said, a lot of kids aren't held over from those state trophy teams. Um, a lot of seniors were on those teams and, and even juniors who then graduated because they didn't get a 2020 season. So these guys are all figuring out how to play together for the first time on a varsity floor um, against varsity teams like Glenbrook North and Loyola is no easy task. So um, I think it was a big win. I think it should lead to a nice little streak here. All right. So that's uh, hopefully a new is able to uh, kind of keep that streak going and able to um, keep it moving as they get deeper into the CSL South. Now uh, the Loyola boys volleyball team continues their hard, hot start to the season. They defeated St. Rita 25-16, 25-19 on Tuesday night to go to 14-2, and 3-0 in conference. That was a big battle for the Ramblers as uh, they and St. Rita were uh, battling for the top spot in the CCL Blue. Um, some other stuff we want to talk about, we also have uh, the Loyola Academy uh, baseball team is now 7-6 and six after dropping Tuesday's game to St. Rita. 
um, team to sit, 10 to six guys. I know you guys saw this team um, earlier in the year. Um, how surprised are you guys that they're kind of at a seven, six bar right now, kind of floating around um, 500 and how much uh, uh, do you feel like they can kind of improve on obviously still early in the season as we kind of move forward here? Yeah, I'm not too surprised um, just because of something we've talked about uh, on previous episodes of the podcast is the quality of schedule that they're playing. I mean, they're playing some some really strong programs and now they're getting into the heart They're They just I should say they just started their conference schedule earlier this week. So they're about to get into the heart of uh, their conference schedule and uh, some of the Catholic League programs, you know, year after year, bring some really good ball clubs to the field. So um, we saw in these this past two game series against St. Rita, they struggled a little bit. Uh, but then if you look at some of the other teams they faced early on this season, Glenbrook North, a uh, very strong team this year. Uh, they dropped a game to them and then they split the opening season doubleheader with New Trier, um, one apiece. So uh, some, some tough matchups for sure in the early on, but as they get into uh, the heart of the conference season, I expect they'll, they'll pick things up a little bit to, and start racking up the wins here. But yeah, they're, they've got a tough schedule, and it, it, it'll continue on um, for a good portion of the season as well. But uh, I expect big things for them this year. Yeah, I think the same goes for, um, you know, both local teams, um, any local team, except maybe North, who seems to be separating themselves pretty early, Glenbrook North. Uh, but the rest of them, I think they're going to just beat each other up a little bit. Um, you know, you're going to stay within, you know, pretty local for most of your games, whether that's conference or, or to the general region for a lot of these games. And I think there's just a lot of good teams here. You, you know, you, you know, the GBs um, North and South, you got Evanston, you got Loyola, you got, um, you know, Nutrier, and then um, anyone else you want to play uh, is pretty talented too. So I think they're going to beat themselves up a little bit and then it's going to take a bit for a team to maybe find a groove offensively to rack, rack a few together. And that might be the difference in a playoff seed, to be honest, is if a team rips off a four game winning streak or something. Yeah, definitely. It'll be really interesting. And then you mentioned Joe uh, Glenberg North, obviously new cheer part of a, um, a little bit. I don't know if it's exactly history, but uh, not a great performance as uh, Eric Orloff uh, struck out 17 Trevians um, in their matchup against uh, Glenbrook North. Um, I was told that it wasn't a record, but it's still, uh, still pretty impressive for uh, the Glenbrook North pitcher to be able to uh, really, uh, really make it a tough day for the Trevians out there. Yeah. yeah. I messaged Marty like right after I saw that and I was like, Marty guy struck out 17. And I, I, I knew of um, Orloff and, and Marty's been telling us he's pretty good. So, but I was surprised. Marty wasn't that surprised. <laughs> yeah. We might have to go back and double check the record books on, on that one, but uh, yeah, not, not surprising in the least sense and uh, nothing really uh, that new cheer should be uh, too ashamed of because as I've said on the podcast before, I think Eric is one of the top two or three pitchers in the entire state, um, arguably maybe the best arm. So uh, we think very highly of him, and, and he showed us yesterday what he's capable with that, uh, that big fastball of his, and he's just got an absolutely electric um, curveball. Good changeup as well from, from the left side too. I mean, uh, big things in store for Eric. And uh, I mentioned this to Joe. I think maybe there's a, maybe there's a shot at uh, some professional ball in his future. It'll be really interesting to see. Hopefully the Trevians, they play on Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. They can get back at it and uh, uh, maybe even up the series there. Um, Nutria Girls Lacrosse starts out the season unbeaten in conference with wins over GBS and GBN. Um, recently also had a comeback win over York 
Um, none of this is really surprising news, I'm sure, for a lot of folks at home that know how strong new cheer girls lacrosse is. But, I mean, what are you guys seeing from this team early on? And, um, I mean, is it even going to be a competition, I guess, in the conference? I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, but uh, it seems like new cheer and Loyola are going to uh, uh, handle the competition pretty well heading into the playoffs down the road. Well, York gave him a game. Um, you know, I think um, Nutria had to come back or York had, yeah. Um, or they fought off a comeback. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But it was, uh, you know, York gave him quite a game and Nutria had to yeah, edge it out. So I think that's kind of an overall theme is that um, teams are rising to the level of the Loyals and Nutriers back six, seven, eight years ago. It was Nutria and Loyola in a championship game every single year, no matter what. Um, and then we started to see a little bit of diversity there. And I think we're going to see even more going forward. It's just got to take a little bit, but um, I think, you know, Nutria's still got a lot of talent and the pedigree to, to make it happen. Um, we, you know, game in and game out. And I think they're still the class of the conference. Yeah. The uh, I think we're, I can speak for all of us in saying we're looking forward to the showdown next Thursday, the rematch against the Ramblers at the Hill. So that should be a fun one and looking forward to see how the, uh, the second matchup between those two powerhouses plays out. Yeah, that should definitely be a fun match. It's always a good battle between Loyola and Nutrier, um, really no matter what sport it is. Um, and then to finish things off in the first quarter, we actually have wrestling starting now. I know uh, for those at home or they're used to wrestling being during the winter and that kind of stuff, but um, obviously with a bizarre year like this, there are no surprises anymore. Um, what are you guys looking forward to just with the Nutria and uh, Loyola wrestling team? I know um, a bunch of football guys are going to get a chance to kind of get there, get in there and compete wrestling wise as well. But um, for both Nutria and Loyola, obviously starting new seasons, it's been a, um, a long time since they competed last February. Um, what uh, are you guys kind of looking forward to uh, area wise here? Yeah, I think Nutria is putting out a pretty good team again. I actually, um, I'm glad you brought this up, Michael. If you knew or not, I talked to Coach Talman, um, Nutria's coach this week. Um, and I was actually, I'm working on a story about um, a potential state series. It's not official because um, wrestling is a deferred winter sport, so they don't get a state series, plus it's a high-risk sport. Um, so right now they're only really allowed to play teams um locally and they're only allowed to play tries no tournaments no quads um just three teams at once at most um and there's a lot of other regulations because it's such a high-risk sport but um <clears throat> the illinois wrestling officials and coaches association is planning to do kind of like a mock state tournament in july uh in june i'm sorry right after the season so i was kind of getting a pulse on, on local teams and um what that's going to look like and you'll see that story come out later this week by the way um, but it won't be sanctioned by the IHSA and, um, obviously some things have to clear it like schools won't be able to participate or won't want to participate because, um, of the state regulations, but you might see some wrestlers from our local schools participate in that state series if that's, um, cause school will be out and so will wrestling. So, um, take that for what you will. You'll, you'll read the full story Friday, but Nutria beat Stevenson is a big win, um, for them. Stevenson was ranked. I think Nutria has got a real quality program um they got uh football player jack cummins um at 195 real good um you know coach pointed out parker spritz wilson wright at the lightweight matthew boyer at 152 and ty stringer in the heavyweight um he's real impressed with so far those are the undefeated guys and i think nutria is uh four and oh so far so 
uh, they got they got a nice little program. Hopefully, they're going to make a little run and um, at the conference title, which um, Coach Tattleman really wants. All right, it'll be fun to watch out uh, what happens this year. We'll keep an eye on that story as well. Make sure you folks at home check it out on the recordnorthshore.org. But we're going to move on over now to the second quarter where we are going to hear from Loyola Academy football alumnus Charlie Gilroy. Joe, I know you caught up with Charlie about um, that uh, first uh, college touchdown uh, coming on an incredible play. Um, what are we going to hear from Charlie here? You guys have seen that video, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is wild. So, uh, you know, I talked to Charlie all about it. For those who haven't seen, you can just search uh, Villanova football or Villanova Deerfield, or uh, I'm sorry, Delaware, touchdown pass. <laughs> uh, the Villanova quarterback uh, was rolling out to his right um, and uh, under pressure on a blitz, um, you know, got tripped up and was going to the ground. And as he flipped and his arm came through, like kind of rotated in the air, he just kind of let go of the ball for a pass and Gilroy was in the right place at the right time. Plus, he, you know, he, he attacked the ball. He came up and got it. Uh, and it was, just, it was such, so crazy. You guys got to see it. So I talked to Gilroy just about um, what was his intention on the play? What did he see uh, as the ball was in the air? What was he thinking? And uh, the crazy uh, notoriety it's gained since across, you know, as a sports center top play. And the NFL's Patrick Mahomes commented on it. Um, so it's gotten millions and millions of views. Um, so how it kind of feels in the spotlight and just how he's enjoyed uh, Villanova's football so far. All right, let's take a listen. Yeah, let's just start with um, the play in general. Uh, what were you – obviously uh, it broke down a little bit, but what was your route and what was the play call? Yeah, so it was, uh, it was third and goal, and we were down by 14 with around like five minutes left in the game. And – uh, it was a design rollout to the right, and I was supposed to run the, the flat route underneath. And um, um, pretty much Dan's or Dan Smith, the quarterback's uh, first look, and obviously it was the, the guy was blitzing. So um, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time when Dan made a really great throw. So all the credit goes to him. And um, so you're just coming off. Um the left side of the line and dragging across the field with the quarterback? Yes, yeah, it's just a design roll out to the right, and uh, it's the heavy package, so we have three tight, end, three tight ends in the game, and uh, pretty much they're just going to – one of us will usually be open. But, uh, and I'm, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that, that's pretty much it. Sorry. No, that's okay. And you said um, – did you, did you say you were the, the first read? Oh, well, I mean, there's three options. He's, he's looking, like, high to low usually, but, um, I mean, uh, it, it's pretty much whoever's open. But someone should not be covered because it's it's so close to the goal line and uh, just depends what coverage the defense is in. Right. And I guess he, I'm sure it's happened very fast in the moment, but, well, I mean, what did you think as you're trying to, you know, you know, stretch across the field and you see him getting that all that pressure? Well, in the moment when I saw the guy blitzing, I thought he was just going to take the sack um, or throw the ball away. Um, but when the ball was in the air and ever, it, um, it, it wasn't like a regular spiral. And it was just like, it felt like the ball was up in the air for a long time. And I was just like, holy smokes. Like, pretty cool. I don't know. It, it, it was, he made, he, made, he made my job easy. So, um, 
I, uh, I'm just happy I caught it. Yeah, and usually, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're the college tight end, but when the ball's up there for a while, are you expecting some contact, some like contention um, to grab it? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you can, if you watch the play, um, the guy behind me was like pretty much holding me the whole time, so I knew he was there. Uh, I definitely thought you can tell in the moment I kind of like rip it, rip the ball to my left when I catch it. So uh, I definitely was expecting to get hit, but. Um, I just think everyone was pretty pretty stunned. The ball just ended up there. So <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Yeah, and when when it happened, and you know you caught it, you're celebrating. But did you know how crazy of a play it was, or did you not know until you saw the replay? Um, I knew it was pretty crazy. I just it was pretty surreal in the moment. You know, um, I was pretty excited too because that was my that was my first uh, college touchdown. So it was pretty cool. I was really Excited, excited for our team too because we were only down by seven, and uh, I thought that was definitely going to be a, be a uh, momentum shifter. Um, and I thought that was going to give our team some some spirit, I guess, going going in the last five minutes of the game. So I was like, just excited for our team. And did you, you know, it kind of blew up a little bit and, and uh, the ESPN circuit and some other uh, news outlets picking it up. Um, what was that like, just, you know, dealing with kind of that, that press in that level? Uh, like I said before, it's pretty surreal, just the whole thing. Uh, you, know, you know, I was pretty sad, pretty uh, losing the game, and uh, our season was over with after that game. So that it was kind of like mixed emotions, you know, losing yeah. um, But then, uh, you know, looking at my phone afterwards, all my uh, friends and family hit me up, and uh, going on Twitter and seeing all the notifications I had was pretty, pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, and uh, even to see like Patrick Mahomes tweet about it too. That's yeah. pretty freaking cool. So it was all around a an experience I'll never forget for the rest of my life. So. Just happy to be in the right spot at the right time. Thanks so much to Charlie for joining us. And as always, thank you to all the players and coaches for joining us. Always good to get your guys' insight. Um, a little bit more better analysis than what we're able to provide sometimes. But um, we're halfway through the podcast. Let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area. So make sure you check them out. Move better and live better. All right, we're going to do our weekly guessing game of way or no way here. Uh, I give Joe and Marty some propositions about something that can happen or not going to happen. They're going to respond way or no way. This week, we're going to do three, um, trying to get some uh, good analysis in here. So why don't we get things started with Marty? Uh, way or no way, Marty, that the New Trier Boys volleyball team can rebound from their slow start and win the CSL South? Ooh, winning the conference is going to be tough, uh, but – uh, that's, that's a tough one. Way to, way to start it out with a good one, Michael. I'm just going to say no way. Um, just because of something we've talked about time and time again, you know, the, the depth of that conference and now with Glenbrook North being in the CSL South, um, that's a, seems to be a very strong program this season. So I'm going to go no way. Uh, I think maybe they'll finish in at second or third in the conference. Yeah. I'm also going to go no way. I mean, there are two games in the hold Glenbrook North already. You know, even if they run the table here, uh, which is possible, um, I, I really think they're, they look that good um, once they put it together. Um, they got to count on Glenbrook North losing a couple or more. So um, 
yeah, I think Glenbrook North has has a, a stronghold on it, and uh, we'll have to kind of slip up um, going down the stretch here. All right, we talked about Loyola baseball earlier, and obviously we don't know um, who and what and that kind of stuff when it comes to this uh, kind of prediction. But uh, Joe, way or no way that the Loyola baseball team can win a regional this year? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a way. I think there definitely is a way. Um, I think that's a very talented team with a pretty high-powered offense right there in the middle of that lineup. Um, I think uh, Hayden Christen and, and Noah Klein provide a lot of pop for them. And um, they're pitching, you know, you get them on the right day and, and they can sit you down. So baseball, you know, you're going to get to that regional championship level and it's good team versus good team. Um, they should be pretty equal to their opponent wherever they are in that regional you know you get to the sectional level it's the same thing hands up it depends on the pitcher you're facing good team versus good team so I think it's quite possible I'll say way yeah I'm going to agree with Joe here and go way as well um, a lot of a lot of playoff baseball especially at the high school level is um, just related to how well you're playing and how hot you are going into this into um, those big time games so this is a Ramblers team that I definitely think can get hot and has the talent to do so Joel mentioned the lineup. I think they've got a very deep lineup, uh, particularly at the top. Um, and the heart, of their or their heart of their order so far early in the season is doing some real damage, um, particularly hitting the ball over the fence as well for some, for some extra base power too. And I like the rotation as well. I think they've got a couple of real nice college arms in that rotation. So all you need is those, uh, those big-time pitchers to get hot for a couple of stretches for a, a few games, and, and there you know it. You're, you're, you're playing for a regional. So – uh, I'm going to agree with Joe and say way on that one. All right. Final way or no way, Marty, Marty way or no way that the Loyola Academy girls soccer team can win conference easily this year. So far, their only losses have only losses come to Evanston and they tied with new Trier earlier in the year. Yeah. I'm going to go way on this one, Michael. Um, and it's, it's hard not to given what we've seen from them so far. Um, you mentioned with only one loss being the Trevians and obviously that's very strong. Um, new Trier program as well and, and actually it, it might have been a draw against new Trier. it was um, tie against new Trier and the yeah, loss to evanston it might have been a, a, a draw there against new Trier. and the one loss to evanston we know we think highly of evanston as well but then if you look at what you've what they've done against some other nice programs two nil win over glenbrook south uh, a tie against warren which is a real strong program uh, and then a four a four nil win over ignatius so uh, I really like this Loyola team. I think they're right there with the traditional powerhouses and they are inserting themselves into that conversation of the uh, traditional uh, girls soccer powerhouses as well. So I'm going to say way on that one. I think we've seen um, some real nice early returns from the Ramblers here um, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Marty and I are on the same page today. I'm going to say way, um, you know, for years, you know, Nutria has really been the, the spotlighted team, you know, all their state title runs and, and, you know, final, you know, being in the final four and it's not the championship game, but man, this area is packed with soccer talent. Loyal Academy is always right there. Evanston GBS for years on and off. They've always been right there. Um, yes. Just some really good teams and Loyal is right up there and they seem to be, um, you know, right alongside Evanston, Nutrier, as, as the best in the area, which means probably among the best in the state. So I, I think they're the class of, of that GCAC um, and uh, they should win that conference uh, kind of running away unless something happens. All right, folks, there you have it. Way or no way, good to get some uh, guessing going on as to what's going to happen, especially more fun as we can uh, 
look forward to some postseason scenarios as well as we uh, head over here in the spring. But why don't we head on over now to the fourth quarter where we uh, talk more. Um, you guys heard from Charlie Gilroy in the second quarter, but um, let's talk about it. I mean, guys, I mean, you guys saw the play, obviously Villanova um, playing against Delaware. It's kind of insane. I mean, you've seen the um, responses over uh, Twitter, over uh, social media. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes even tweeting about it and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, um, just how insane of a play was it? I mean, it wasn't even like uh, in the corner, like let's just throw it in the corner end zone and see if this guy can catch it. It was like, this guy's down. How is the ball in the air somehow and how did he catch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those like quintessential, I've got to watch this replay like six or seven times to fully grasp it kind of plays. And that's exactly what it is. I think I've probably watched it close to a dozen times already. uh, And still I'm amazed that it resulted in a touchdown. And as you mentioned there, Michael, you know, so often we'll see um, players, you know, particularly in games with less stakes, um, just try things as a way to, to kind of mess around and see if they will work out. Uh, but to have this play result in a touchdown is just pretty insane because I'd say the odds, uh, if you, if you didn't know the outcome of it, the odds of it actually happening, uh, were very, very, very low. So, uh, fun play, you know, a, a great, a great finish. And unfortunately they weren't able to, uh, to win the game, but, uh, a really fun momentum to, uh, to a crazy season. Yeah, such a bummer they weren't able to win, like you said, because it just felt like, yeah, that would have gave it a little even extra, um, one of the, maybe the best plays ever if they, if they added that little um, note to it. But um, it was a backyard football play, you know, the guys being <laughs> sacked. And, you know, it's third down, too, so he doesn't need to get rid of the football. He could chuck it out of bounds or he could, uh, you know, just take the sack and they got another opportunity. But he lets it go, which tells me maybe, you know, I'm, I'm – you know, guessing here his mindset of Daniel Smith, the quarterback, that maybe he had a feeling there was enough guys in the area because, you know, the way Gilroy told it, it was a, a heavy set, so three tight ends, and there were at least two receivers right there, and I think three dragged across. So uh, he had multiple levels to throw it to. Maybe he saw something while he was falling. It's so <laughs> crazy that you let the ball go while upside down like that, uh, or you make the decision to, um, and it goes to where you wanted it. Uh, you know, kind of funny, um, or I guess convenient that Patrick Mahomes commented because it feels like a Patrick Mahomes type type play um, made like that. But, you know, it's in that category of super fun, uh, amazing play that you you might never see again. And then there's the other great plays that are like, I can't believe that happened at that moment. Like, you know, certain walk off home runs and um, and, and, you know, spectacular game-winning threes and stuff in basketball but uh it's definitely in that fun wild what did i just watch category is cool <laughs> definitely very cool um but we, we talked to, I, I teased this at the beginning of the podcast was there like a, a play that you guys remember from um any other alumni that kind of comes to mind when it comes to uh you know how wacky and crazy um you know just like how did that even happen or why did that even happen sometimes you know and you're like what's the deal here i mean do you guys remember um, any other alumni kind of getting uh, stuff like that going on? So surprise, surprise, I'm going to go with a baseball example here in case you guys haven't heard. Uh, Mark likes his baseball. But uh, the play that, that really sticks out and that I remember is a few years back when, uh, when Charlie Tilson hit a, a grand slam against the Astros for his first career uh, major league home run. And, you know, 
that doesn't necessarily file into the spectacular, oh my gosh, you know, crazy play you've never seen before. It just more so is in the, wow, that's really cool type of category. And it was awesome. And uh, I remember watching the game and seeing him, uh, if I remember correctly, he crushed it. Like it was a, it was a pretty, pretty much a no doubter. So uh, that that's one that really sticks out to me in a, a fun um, it, it's especially extra fun when you see a, a local alumni do something like that. Man, you totally stole mine. Uh, <laughs> that was a blast, dude. That was a 400 and, and change bomb um, he hit in Houston. And uh, he also had a basic clearing triple, I believe, as one of his first hits uh, in baseball. I think that was really fun to watch because, you know, when he made the majors, he had the attention of so many locally um, as he was with the White Sox specifically um, after he moved from the Cardinals. Um, so I'm at a loss here. What else sticks to mind? I'll tell you one that what happened at the high school level that I thought was really cool. New Shearer had a quarterback receiver running back. Yeah. Kind of all three Matt McCaffrey, um, and the quarterback got hurt. So in one game, McCaffrey threw for a touchdown, caught a touchdown and ran for a touchdown. And I always thought that was really cool and something, you know, he'll remember forever. And he, he went on to a nice, um, college career at Knox. Um, and he was also actually, that reminded me of, he was also on sports center, um, for a play that happened at Knox. And we're going to cut this little part out, I hope, because I'm going to look it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So McCaffrey was quarterback for Knox and he had a play that, that was shown on Scott Pelt's, uh, sports center show, uh, evening sports center show where he threw a bomb down the sideline for Knox. And it was the receiver dove on his back and had to juggled it because it got knocked out of his hand and then he kicked it up to himself uh so he was a part of that kind of similar to Gilroy where he didn't do the most <laughs> spectacular action but he was a big part of it couldn't have happened without him so that was a cool play from Matt McCaffrey so those come to mind all right and before we say uh goodbye what is your guys favorite from your own uh sports career is your wackiest moment or your wackiest play <laughs> Um, that you guys ever experienced, whether it's on the diamond or on the court or intramurals or whatever. Wow. That's a tough one. I mean, uh, I'd have to really think on that one, but the one that just immediately uh, jumps to mind is uh, a few years back in Mart's uh, young baseball career, uh, my first home run over the, my first over the fence home run, I should say, uh, was never a big power hitter, but uh, pitcher groove Mart a fastball and he got a got the barrel to it and uh, elevate and celebrate, you know, as they say. So, <laughs> you know, two weeks ago uh, I was uh, on my way up the stairs and on the railing of the stairs was a piece of my son's laundry. And so as I'm going up the stairs, I grab with my left hand and ball it up and throw it. And the, the, uh, the dryer is probably, I know it's supposed to go in the washer first, but I was aiming for the dryer about, about 12, 15 yards away, on the run, up the stairs, right in the barrel. So, you know, I, that's, that's up there in my top <laughs> place. Uh, <laughs> I once uh, Things have changed here. <laughs> I once intercepted five passes in an uh, intramural football game. Um, but, you know, the quarterback wasn't so good. So I don't know how much credit I can take. <laughs> I don't know why he kept throwing it to me. Maybe was he throwing it to you or were they actually like real interceptions? I was, I was just kind of safety. Um, <laughs> our colors were similar. So no, uh, th those two. Come to mind. Um, <laughs> what about you, Michael? You got to answer. Um, I got one from high school where it turned where it worked out where I was middle 
and the ball, they like hit the ball to the other side or libero like pancaked it. The other part, like it went to the side by like where the stands are. So that person had to run over there and get the other one. And then I, it somehow went all the way there where I had to go to the other side and like try to like tip it over, you know, like just try to hook it over. And yeah. it somehow like barely like squeezed over by the antenna and somehow like dropped. I don't know how we got a point out of that, but those <laughs> volleyball plays are always the fun ones where you're like, there's no way this is going to work. And then somehow you're able to get three hits and get it over there. If you yeah. got it, if it hit the floor, that's, that's a kill in the books. <laughs> yeah. No one has to know how it happened, Michael. That's awesome. Yeah. We won't review the tape. That is true. I got, yeah. I, got one, I got one more for you. Now I remember my high school volleyball junior year, I was a, I was a DS, uh, libero. And one game, the coach let me play the front row. Um, we must have been up really big. And uh, <laughs> I actually – I got a set, and I actually – this is bad. I feel – I hope this kid isn't listening. But I hit him right in the face. <laughs> With volleyball <laughs> – <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. You celebrate it. It's called a six pack. It's uh it's a nice thing to do. Um, it's a nice little moment. So I do remember that. <laughs> Those are always the fun plays, but uh, it's always fun to get that going, especially for Charlie <laughs> for that to be his first touchdown and uh get uh national love always fun uh to get that kind of uh, uh recognition for how crazy it was. But um, that's everything we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Maybe we'll try to get some crazy plays and get them up online for next week's podcast. I don't know who knows. Um, but thanks as always to, for listening uh, to this. Um, just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Give us a shout out and a nice review as well. We always appreciate it and spread the word at the next uh, sporting event year ad. Make sure people know to be listening to the varsity for all the latest North Shore sports information. So for Marty and Joe, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the varsity uh, product of the record North Shore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.